Hell yeah, dog. This is the MMA Breeze Show. Today we got Richie Savage. He's breaking into the MMA scene. He just had his first fight. Came out with the W. How, how does it feel? Feels good, man. It's just just kind of regular to me right now. I'm not really uh, – I wrestled on a big stage at Rutgers and pretty much my whole career. So fighting in these, like, regional promotions is kind of just going through these motions and, and developing. I think uh, it gets more surreal every day, but I think – once I accomplish more of my goals, it'll, it'll feel really special, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. I know uh, a lot of wrestlers of your caliber have come out, and they just hit the ground running, man. They hit the ground running. They go to the big scene. You know, we've seen a lot of them go right to Bellator, and some float, some uh, some swim, some sink. But, uh, but you know, for you, like you said, you know, Titan FC, you know, it's a, it's a great promotion. It's got some great competition. Uh, but like you said, man, your wrestling caliber, is it's different. You're world champion. You wrestled here with Rutgers. You wrestled some of the, with, on the, on the same team as some of the best guys, but also against some of the best competition. How, how has that translated into MMA? And has it brought any challenges along with its, with its benefits? Yeah, I think so, man. Uh, like I said, the excited factor, I wasn't too nervous for my fight, but once you get in the cage, it's a completely different feeling, you know? That's number one. And number two is uh, I was obviously a little lacking in the striking department. Uh, I'm a pretty good athlete, so I've been picking it up fairly easy, but, you know, I fought my first fight, a guy that's been training Muay Thai and, and striking, had over 20 fights, amateur, professional, and, and, and Muay Thai. So, I, I mean, like, I'm a little behind in the striking, being that I only struck for uh, eight months, but I'm really starting to pick it up now. I think over the past, like, two months after that fight, I really started to understand the distance, the timing, the fainting, the footwork, and, and it's just, like, every day, brick by yeah. brick. So I think while I do have an extreme advantage, uh, I know that I have to continuously work on my development in, in these weaker areas uh, of my game. Well, actually, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. I had this debate with somebody I know about footwork, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't much of a grappler. I wrestled growing up and practiced jiu-jitsu and roll around here uh, in North Carolina. But I was arguing with him about footwork because he said that there's no footwork from wrestling that will translate or help you or no concepts that you can take over to uh, striking. My entire footwork in MMA is, is from wrestling. And I'm telling you, next time you see me fight, you're going to see a completely different animal. Not only have I changed the mechanics in my hands, which is, you know, 20% of it, but it's the footwork. If you watch the best guys in the world uh, that are elite strikers like Israel Adesanya, Conor McGregor, um Steven Wonderboy Thompson like the the pure strikers you know you you see the footwork on those guys and that's how they make you move it the way that I've been really able to understand it was like my my attacks with my kicks my teeps my my jabs they're gonna make you move your head and they're gonna make you move your hands to to open up different shots but the whole time I'm dancing with you and trying to lead this dance and it's kind of an ebb and a flow. And when I want to move your feet to get your head into a certain position or your body into a certain position, uh, I'm going to have to use my feet. You know, I'm going to have to use those feints. These, you, everyone thinks this, this is your feint, right? This is your feint. Yeah, that works, but it, it, it's a dance to me. And it's like, it's like a little game inside of the game. And 
once you understand that, you understand that you could lead the dance for 70% of the time, the other guy could lead the dance for 30% of the time. And it's the, the, the very tactical uh, of when you attack, when you defend and how, how you get your rhythm back. And, and I correlate that to wrestling. And it's not something that I really was amazing at in wrestling. I was a little bit of a brawler. And I felt like if I went back to wrestling now with my understanding of footwork uh, in, in MMA, is I'd be 10 times better. So it's kind of exciting. I'm thinking actually about wrestling a little bit again. So <laughs> All right, man. I mean, that's a great thing to talk about, too, is grappling in general is is reaching new heights of popularity. you got Chael Stone and Submission Underground, who's number one, all these things. Uh, Gordon Ryan's made a great splash, and him matching up with Pat Downey, another another Northeast guy. You know, what do you take about that, and does that excite you getting in, in on one of these events, you know, on, on a who's number one or Submission Underground? For sure. So I trained with, at Hensel Grace Academy on and off for about three years with John So and Gordon and Gary. So that's where I really started to get my feet wet um, with the jiu-jitsu. I think combat sports as a whole is – increasing i'm like super philosophical and uh i think that as our world becomes more uncivilized and you see all this political fucked up shit uh the more that people have to be dormant with this coronavirus that just happened the more people have that natural like angst inside them and they need to see violence and they need to see combat and i think that accompanied with great great promotion and 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 great entertainers uh, has really skyrocketed the sports to new heights. And it's the most exciting time in the world to be a combat sports athlete, essentially the most MMA and then boxing. And then it trickles down into wrestling and jujitsu, you know? Right. Right. And like you said, they're all elevating right now, but it's a, it's a, a funny thing, man, with the pandemic, like you talk about all that pent up energy. I mean, my buddy came over last night. He said the weirdest shit to come out of this pandemic was celebrity boxing. It's just like, like you said, people want to see it. People want to see it. They got this energy, you know, and it's uh, it's happening. So I think just in general combat, like you said, is popularizing. There's a lot of great platforms. But one thing you said when we were talking about setting up this interview was you had a vision of the UFC. That's the promotion that you saw for your future at some point. Now, well, what, that's well, the only promotion that I'm going to fight for, uh, except for Titan. You know, I okay. signed a, I signed a four fight deal with Titan. I'm going to do my four fights, do maybe one or two fights, go for the title right after my fourth win, and maybe do one or two fights with them and go straight to the UFC. You know, my vision in this game is is not to make $100,000 or $50,000 sign into Bellator when I'm zero and zero. You know what I mean? My, my vision is is to become the best in the world and and the byproduct of that is going to be me getting rich and 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 me having money so the money is kind of a byproduct of my ultimate goal which is becoming the baddest motherfucker in the world man you know right on i talk i talk about that same point with so many fighters about the the money the the status the accolades and it's it's cool to see that that's where that's where you want to head. You want to head to, to greatness, not necessarily the PFL million dollar check or the Bellator guys that are splashing For checks sure. on people. One of my buddies just got offered a Bellator uh, contract, but it was like one of those things where they were setting him up with like a two fight contract. The first fight was like a huge prospect. It was kind of like a tie contract thing. But, you know, it's it's a funny thing when you get these contracts and when money's coming at you and when you're young, and you know, and like you have a you have a vision that you have to protect and it seems like you have a strategy and that's where you want to go. So sure, I have a strategy and I have a team, man. My best friend moved down to Miami with me. He's, he's my coach. He's my business partner. And he really believed in me. Uh, we started this vision a year and a half ago, kind of got all our affairs in order. I stopped wrestling and, and started fighting. And we said, how are we going to attack this? 
I signed with the best management team in the game, Paradigm, Moldiatar, Tim Simpson, Carl Reed. Um, and then we're like, okay, now what's next? Okay, we're going to get you fights. We're not going to do amateur. We're going to go straight to pro, and we're going to get you in a great developmental league, Titan FC with uh, Les Mahone. And it's like I signed a four-fight contract with this, with this dude and, and this promotion, and he's done nothing but take care of me. And I feel not only am I am I grateful, but I feel lucky and I feel blessed, man. And and I, I believe in destiny and, and it just feels like everything's coming together and I'm meeting the right people and the right people are taking care of you. You know, I could only do so much. I could only train. I could only promote myself. I could only brand myself. I could only talk so much. You know, it, it takes a, a village to, to truly become something great. And um, I've really built that behind me with the people around me. Well, first of all, kudos to you, your work ethic and doing things uh, diligently, because I talk to, I get a hold of people directly and uh, <clears throat> sometimes I get, you know, hey, talk to my manager. And like you said, you have great management, but here you are on your own accord, doing some promotion getting out there, talking to some people, getting your face out there. So the work ethic is there. I think that comes from the championship status and the level of uh, discipline you've had with wrestling. But, um, you know, as, as far as, as translating to MMA, that I, I got to imagine as a lifelong wrestler and still very young in the sport, you know, and reaching the heights you have reached, you know, I, I got to imagine that was a hard decision to decide, you know, hey, here's MMA, something that Obviously, you have great potential, like any wrestler of your caliber, but still, there's a risk there. There's a risk going to something unfamiliar, and uh, there's some, something to be said about that. How, how did you make that decision, and uh, was it a hard one? So I actually made a decision when I was 13 years old, <laughs> which is funny. Before the UFC was – before you would eat – you know, I, would, I got paid more wrestling my first year out of college than – then these dudes were getting paid to fight in the UFC at that time, you know, and I was 13 and I would watch UFC with my pops and uh, my pops came up and, and his whole family, they were brawlers. They'd be fighting on the streets and whatnot. And he always taught me, uh, you know, defend myself, whatever. I was always an aggressive kid. And then I moved down to Tom's River, New Jersey. And my first couple of weeks of school, Frankie Edgar beat BJ Penn. We watched in the auditorium. They had a huge, uh, a huge parade for him. And I told my dad, this is what I want to do, man. So then uh, I started studying it and, and watching it. But I kind of knew I had to develop in wrestling and, and I was really good at it. Fast forward um, to when I made the world team of uh, the U23 world team for USA. I went out to the world and uh, I got a really bad herniation in a couple of my discs. And uh, I still had one. I became world champion. And then I came back and it was straight into the division one grind at Rutgers, straight into the big 10 season. So every week wrestling Penn State, Vincenzo Joseph, Illinois, Isaiah Martinez, Iowa, Alex Marinelli, Nebraska, Isaiah White. Those are like, you know, the best guys, the best guys coming up. I had to wrestle them back to back to back with a neck injury. And it kind of just really weighed on me to the point that after my uh, college career ended, I had to take about three, four months off, got back into wrestling and then uh, signed to Lehigh University. And I'm like, man, do I want to fight or do I want to wrestle? And I said, you know, I'm already like fourth, fifth on the U.S. Olympic ladder. I'm really young. Let me give this a shot. And I ended up hurting my neck really bad. Uh, I had a decent season. I won the Dave Schultz Memorial, which is the only tournament I went to, qualified for the World Team Trials. And then um, maybe three, four months for the world team trials, I hurt my neck to the point to where I, I could only practice once a week. I couldn't run. I, I couldn't do anything. And it was a really hard time for me, man. Um, and, and it really showed me a lot about myself. I ended up taking fourth in the world team trials with no proper training. And I said, hey, do I want to do I want to do this for this Olympic cycle this next year and, and go at it half ass? 
or do I want to take the time off and uh, and pursue what I really want to do is my ultimate goal to become a UFC world champion. And I took a, a year and a half off. I saved all I saved all my money that I made from wrestling, from my bonuses, from my salary, which is nothing crazy, but we get paid decent. And uh, I saved it up and I, and I lived off it for a year and a half at my grandma's house. And I was down pretty bad, but it showed me a lot about who I am as a person. Uh, it actually humbled me. I got very close to God and, and, and a higher power. And, and I changed my whole life, man. I, I operate from a place of gratefulness, a place, of, a place of abundance, a place of opportunity and thankfulness. And and once I did that, uh, I told my buddy, Jerry, I said, hey, man, we got to find a way to get to a gym and figure out where we want to go. And previous to this, we visited all the other gyms, AKA, ATT, uh, Team Alpha Male, Hansel Gracie, TriStar. And we're like, but I think Miami is the place uh, from a 360 scope. So he got his things in order. Four months later, uh, I was finally healed. And I said, let's go get this dream. And that was November of 2020. And then so it's all been uh, uphill from here, you know. Well, thank you for sharing that, man. And I'm glad to see you turning that, that tough time around and making something crazy happen. Because what you're doing right now, it's nothing short of that, man. You're making a hell of a run that you got a lot of eyes on you. You know, you're, you're taking the steps the way that you should be to get to where you want to be personally. Uh, but what, why, why Miami? You said you got that 360 view. Uh, you know, you're a Northeast lad, you know, you know, it's, it's a, a little bit different down there in Miami. What, what, what attracted you there? Uh, so my, one of my good friends, awesome Zaidi, who's actually my head coach, he came down here. He, well, he's from here and he would pay me while I was injured actually to come down and train his fighters. He didn't even officially open up a gym yet. Told me he was opening up a gym. He would fly me out, you know, every couple of months and oh, come for a week. I stay for a week, two weeks. And then I'd say, Oh, come for a week. I'd stay for a month. And then Henry was down. Henry Sudo was down here doing a training camp with Gordon Ryan, JT Torres, Kenny Duarte, Stayed for another two weeks, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just spending all my time here. Uh, and I think uh, the GoChat Academy is really going to come up, and it's a place where not only I can make my name, but I could help build something really special. And I think that our team one day is is going to be a, a world-renowned gym. Uh, we're kind of already on our way, and I really believed in the vision, and uh, that's why I chose the gym. And then down here, I mean – uh, I'm a God-fearing American. I like to I like to carry guns. I like to not not pay a lot of taxes. And I think the uh, the micro economy down here is insane, man. There's a lot of money down here, and uh, I'm a businessman as well. So you have a you have a, a, a clothing company now. My buddy buys a, a lot off of your stuff. Um, <clears throat> what what inspired that? Well, you're a businessman, but uh, you got so much going on, man. How do you manage? I have a good team. I have two guys who work for me and then a business partner and then a bunch of different freelancers who, who, you know, do our printing, do our sublimation, uh, run a lot of projects for us. Uh, I actually run a venture firm where we run all of our different projects with all of our different resources and assets. So it's not just a clothing company. I actually have a holding company that manages like all different projects. You know, we're looking to do things like open up a pop-up restaurant at a food truck in the next six to eight months with a renowned chef down in Miami. Uh, we're partnering with different fighters to, to release lines for them. Uh, we're partnering with uh, a biking crew called One Way. 
they're like super viral. We're creating a, a brands around them and we do a lot of merchandising. So, so it is a lot, but during my fight camp, I focus and I really work like 16 hours a day. So yeah, I, I bet you do. Speaking of your fight camp there and, uh, and go shed, I just saw them upload a video. If not today, it must've been yesterday, but it was uh, Logan Paul was out there training and he was ripping yeah, he, up. That. He was at practice last night. Okay. How, how are you? I see. It seems like y'all are backing him up, but you're also a guy that's reached high statuses of your own craft. So you understand there's levels to each sport. Obviously he's got his own advantages, but you're with him. You're with him there in the gym. What do you think about this matchup? And are you behind him on this one? I mean, I think Logan can shock the world. Obviously Floyd Mayweather is man top three boxer in the world. Some people think he's the best boxer to ever live. So it's going to be hard for Logan, but I mean, this world's a fucking crazy place. I think we're living in the matrix, to be honest. <laughs> so, so you never fucking know what's going to happen in this life, you know? Oh, yeah, I've, I've, with everything that's happened in the last two years, no, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. It would be fun to see, though. It would be fun to see. And then you got I, give, his I mean, like, honestly, I give, I, I do, if I had to, if I was a betting man, I don't bet, but. Obviously, I think I think Floyd has the has a supreme advantage, but uh, I wouldn't count Logan out of it. Yeah, I mean, everybody seems to think Jake's the the more sound boxer. Obviously, Logan was way further uh, along in the wrestling uh, world, but you know, you see him, you see his hands. You know, do you think that that's kind he's of legit. Just, he's legit. He's legit. Okay. I think I I think he's actually. Out of every single YouTube boxer, I think Logan is the best one for sure. Okay, so if you guys got in it, just hands messing around, he'd give you a good, he'd give you good work. For sure, man. He and he, he's a little bit bigger than me. I haven't gotten in the ring with him. I was supposed to spar with him right after my fight, but I had to get like some PRP and stuff, so I haven't got uh, got a chance to roll with him. But I want to. But yeah, he looks good. I would definitely go in there having to be like, hey, man, I gotta protect myself, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's cool, man. That's exci exciting to get some insight, man. So, uh, and he looks like he's in very good shape. You know, he's training with you guys. Um, do you do you ever see Jake Paul come around there? No, I've never met Jake. Okay, never seen him. That's interesting. It's interesting that they're doing so much alike, but also it seems like sometimes they have different different circles. You know, what I, mean? I think I think Logan is like down to earth, and he's a, he's a solid guy. You know. I get the same vibe. Never met him, but there's definitely a difference between him and his brother. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Well, I'm excited for that matchup. We got some other cool ones uh, coming around the corner, man. I want to get your your insight. It's always fun to get a, a pick from a pro. But uh, what do you think about uh, about Israel Adesanya's matchup and the other uh, with Marvin Vittori? And then you also have Fig versus Moreno and Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards. I'd like to get your insight on those matchups. Uh, I think Leon, Leon should beat Nick is what I thought for the, like forever, but Nick, uh, I think Nick really has gotten his shit together and I think he's really looking to make a very serious comeback. Uh, I think Leon is going to touch him up on the feet, but if, if Nick gets his hands on him, it's, it's going to be game over. And then as far as uh, the, the wrestling of Vittori coming from a wrestling expert, man, do you think uh, you think him versus uh, Israel is going to be a problem for Israel? Or, no, you know? I, I don't think I don't think Israel is going to have a problem because a lot of what a lot of people don't understand in MMA and wrestling is there's levels to wrestling. You know, you could have you could have wrestled 
Division three, you could have been a state placer in 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 Massachusetts versus in California and New Jersey. Yeah. You could have been an NHSA freshman American versus a Fargo American. Mm-hmm. Div- and, and it also depends on your style. You know, I feel like Marvin is like he's a hugger and he tries to smother you and there's not much technique there. And I think the tall guy like Izzy, even me personally, when I wrestle tall guys in the gym that are strikers that aren't even that are that suck at wrestling, yeah. it's a little bit more meticulous and difficult to take them down. No. And, and I think as long as Izzy doesn't engage in jujitsu with him and, and kind of creates frames and, and does what he normally does and doesn't try and get try and show new skills, uh, I think that he's going to wax Vittori uh, for sure. Cool. And then all I got right. to all day. Okay. <laughs> that, that I, I'm just excited to watch that one, man. That one's yeah. going to be sweet, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, something I want to talk about as far as training partners go and getting good work in, uh, bring it back to wrestling, you know, you and your, in your high school, senior year, state finals went against another stud, uh, and Anthony Ashnall, you know, and, and it didn't go your way, but something I really admire about you is, you guys later on became teammates. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of guys hold that really deep and dear, like, you know, take it personal, ruin my dreams. Like, but you both went on to accomplish a lot of great things and you went on to become teammates. I mean, we saw that with David Taylor and Kyle Dake and a lot of great matchups come out of, uh, of competitors and people that are both on the same level. Um, what, what do you make of that? And do you think that's something wrestling's lacking and more people should come together and, uh, and work, 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 work out with each other? You know, I, I think Anthony's one of my greatest friends and we used to train even before that we wrestled uh, at the States. And I think that a lot of people take this game a little bit too seriously. You know, we're all here just, in my opinion, the way I live my life is I'm here to to serve others and I'm here to help people and I'm here to, you know, change people's lives and help people grow. That's the ultimate reason why I feel like I'm fighting. Everyone has a reason why they fight. My reason is is so I can show people that they can truly become what they want to become. And, and, and the key to that is, is by helping other people. And I think that when it comes to this fighting game, like you see Jake Paul and Tyron, they get all mad and should I understand you're getting mad, but, but this is a sport. And like, if you take things personally, you ain't gonna end up in a good fucking place. You know, this is a game, learn how to play it and, 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 and move on. Any opportunity I have to get better, training with other people, I'm going to take it. And, and I look for those opportunities and I create those opportunities for myself. Awesome, man. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's the way to go, but you know, there is a little bit to be said about some, some in the media shit talking, you know, I mean, look at uh, a lot of guys that have gotten popularity off that and that's translated into money as your career. Oh, evolves, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Do you see yourself as your career evolves kind of taking on a little bit of action like that? Well, I like the shit talk and I like to get serious, you know, I just, I just don't, I just think that there's two separate, there's two separate elements, elements to it. Mm-hmm. There's a gamemanship to it. You know, mm-hmm. if someone really wants to talk shit to me, like, you know, I'm going to have to keep the gangster with them. Yeah. <laughs> if they really want to, if they really want to go to some personal shit, I'm going to go to some personal motherfucking shit. All but right. besides, besides that, it's, it's a game and shit, man. And I respect the shit talk because you better believe you're going to beat me. You better believe you're going to kill me. You better, you better, you better see weakness inside me. If you're stepping in the ring with me, cause I, I see weakness inside of you. Right on. And do you I'm, think that there's a, a line to be crossed with this stuff? A lot of, there's been a lot of controversy with that. Like, Hey, okay. It's one thing to talk shit, but 
for yeah. sure. Or do you think, hey, fuck it, fair play, it's mental welfare. You have I think, I, I think it's fair play if, if, as long as you're ready to keep it gangster. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's a, line, there's a line to cross. And if you stay on this side, it's cool. But if you cross that line, you better be, you better be ready to, to, to defend yourself and, and whatever you got, you know? You that's might get a, a rematch on site if that's how <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> then, then it's fuck the cage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's whenever I see you, brother. Exactly. <clears throat> No, cool, cool, man. It's good, it's good. But, you know, as, as on the wrestling scene, a lot of guys have come up. I've watched personally come from high school through college to, to the UFC, to Bellator. Um, what, what, what makes you want to be so patient uh, compared to guys like Bubba Jenkins, Caldwell, Pico, that just went right into something like Bellator O&O? Um, is it just a just say you have tunnel vision on the UFC or is it just uh, a networking I can tell thing? You, I can tell you exactly why. And uh, two of the people you mentioned, I actually look up to as in Bubba Jenkins. I have, I have a friendship with him and Darren Caldwell, I have a small friendship with him. Aaron Pico, I don't really know too much. Um, but I don't agree with the Bellator route. I just, I don't agree with the PFL route. I don't. I think that's making decision to go division two and to go division three. And I say this before I'm signed anywhere. Mm-hmm. The, 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 this could be this could be clipped one day when I sign the Bellator. When if, <laughs> I, if, I, if I ever sign to Bellator or PFL, which I'm telling you right now, I'm not gonna, and I really don't give a fuck. But you, you want to go division two, division three, and not get promoted and not get branded and not have these opportunities to be in a press conference and talk shit and be in a press conference and be on the news and be on the cover of Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry. Nobody watches those fucking events. Why, why would you choose to do that? And like, I respect those men to the fucking T and I think they're gangsters and I think they can fight, but I just think that, that it was an ill-informed decision thinking that they were going to take some kind of route that that's just not tangible. You know, I'm looking to, to, to execute on what I want to do and what I know I'm going to do. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, 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 I created a plan and I'm executing it and I'm going to go straight to the top, straight to the UFC, executing it. Awesome. And I truly believe that. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm talking about <clears throat> guys that, that you uh, admire, uh, look up to, whatever. I mean, I know Frankie Edgar had a, a role in your life at some point. I mean, how, how big of a role was Frankie's uh, uh, wrestling, MMA fighting? Did that play on you? And who was your biggest mentor in wrestling and then now in MMA? Uh, it's going to sound crazy, man, but like, I think I've been my best mentor always. I think that there's something special inside of me and uh, other, other people like in my journey uh, helped me realize that. But I'm, I'm a little bit of a lone wolf, you know, like the one person I always keep around is my business partner, my best friend, Drosimos. Uh He's my confidant and he can really help me through anything. And besides that, man, like it, here today, gone tomorrow, I take the lessons that you learned me and I'm grateful for it. Like Frankie's taught me a lot. He, he's, he's been a great influence in my life. He's shown me that someone from Tom's River, New Jersey can make it to, to UFC stardom. You know, I also went to junior college with John Jones, Cain Velasquez, Kobe Covington, Carrington Banks, Philip Pat Downey, right? Didn't you Pat Downey go to the same one? Pat Downey was on my team. And I'm, I've always been in places of greatness and these people have always influenced me, you know, but at the end of the day, I step in that cage and it's me. So I, I truly believe uh, I've always been my greatest mentor. But speaking on that, uh, another great mentor 
that really has affected my life, who actually changed my life has been Luke Moffitt, who was my coach at Iowa Central. And it just so happens to be, he was all those guys' as coach as well. John Jones, Campbell Asses, Kobe Covington, Carrington Banks, Philip Hawes, Nate Smith, who just fell in the contender series. He was those, he was their mentor too. So like, and that's where their lives really made a pivot. So if I had to choose one specific coach or one specific teacher in my life, it would definitely be um, Luke Moffat at Iowa Central Community College. Right on, man. Cool stuff. And, you know, being a, a Northeast guy, you said you, <clears throat> you got into fights, you know, you were told to defend yourself. Um, and then bringing it back to you talking about your debut and how it's different when you get into the cage. Was it, how was it different from getting into a street fight, the nerves or anything like that? And was there a difference? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, because, you know, GSP talks about this a little bit. He just talked about it in Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, everyone's like, no fear. I'm not scared to fight. I'm not scared to do this. That's a lie. Because when you step in that cage, you never know what's going to happen, right? I'm, I'm better than everybody that I fight, in my opinion. And I truly believe that. But that doesn't mean that I can't accidentally leave my hand here for half of a second and get head kicked or punched in the face and knock the fuck out in front of my entire family, in front of my five friends. I'm signed to a huge management team. I'm not even in the UFC yet. I have all this hype built around me. My entire legacy, anyone's entire legacy, can be done like in, in, in the blink of an eye. And uh, those are emotions that you have to deal with. And you have to accept those emotions and move forward from them. And uh, the way I do that is I kind of look at it as a business arrangement and, and it kind of takes the emotions out of it for me. Um, I look at it as I sign a contract. I'm looking to do something very special with my career. I'm looking to prove that, that I'm a world-class athlete. And uh, when it comes time to it, all, all that chatter in my head, uh, it disappears and, and I'm in that flow state and I'm ready to go. So I deal with the same range of emotions as a, a guy fighting amateur, uh, you know, a kid in high school wrestling, trying to make the state tournament that George St. Pierre and John Jones face, you know, it's, it's, it's all very relative is, is what I believe. It's just how you deal with those emotions uh, is, is how you're going to perform. I agree, man. When you value something like your career, uh, <clears throat> you know, your record, your legacy, uh, or just the opinion of family and friends watching, you know, it's, it's definitely something that each person has their own way of dealing with. And uh, it, it's relative for sure, for sure. Um, now, you know, just just getting into the knickknack stuff of, uh, of, uh, of your vision, man. What do you see? Uh, what do you see you accomplishing in, in Titan FC? You said you wanted to get the belt. And then what, what do you see your run in the UFC looking like? So I think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to fight again in August. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to try and create a finish. And then I'm going to take uh, about six months off, uh, go train in different camps. I might go down to Arizona to train with Randy Steinke, maybe try and get in contact with Henry Cejudo and then I want to go to Las Vegas and train with like Sugar Hill and Tyson's camp. Uh, I'm going to try and I'm in the process of like trying to set that up so I can get really sharp with my boxing. Mm -hmm. And then I'll look to fight again uh, two times over the next, you know, six to nine months and then work towards a, a, a Titan FC title. Right and on. then after I get a title, I'm going to go straight to the UFC and uh, I kind of got to see where my development is at. You know, I get so much better every day. I've only been training MMA full time for eight months and 
week by week, I, we just see huge developments, but you never know when you're going to hit your peaks, your valleys and your plateaus. So just, just being diligent about, about, uh, bout selection, being diligent about when the bout is being diligent about timing and, and, and always being ready. It could be on four weeks notice, could be on eight weeks notice, you know, the career development's a funny thing, but four to five years, I see myself as a, as an undefeated UFC champion. Cool, man. That's, that's what I was going to ask. Cause it's like, you know, you have the strategy, but it's, uh, it's like, how are you going to get there? Are you going to stay active? Are you going to talk shit? And it seems like, you know, you're going to not going to take shit, but you're looking to stay active. Listen, I'm going to have so much fucking money from besides UFC that I'm going to be, I'm going to be getting paid 10 and 10, 12 and 12 showing up fucking Gucci down with a Roby. That's what I'm going to do. Right, I know cool. we're going to be able to say shit. <laughs> and are you going to be able to stay focused now when the lime life comes, the big shows there, uh, that the, the temptations are there, you know, stardom's kicking off. Uh, how are you going to handle all of that? You know, why keeping that goal in, in mind? We got to get there first. Not even worried about it. No, nah, we got to get there first. Cool, man. Right on. So real quick, last, last thing I want to touch on before I cut you loose is you talked to, uh, we talked uh, on Instagram quickly about how you were uh, training with, uh, with Tyson and those guys with that picture you uploaded. And what I was training with Tyson. Uh, I did a project <coughs> with, with Crock Sugar Hill, J-Rock, WBC champ on med 20 and one in Tyson's camp. Showtime show Porter was there. Floyd Miller senior was there and it was a private gym. And uh, hmm. I just, had a had a connection and and got really lucky he came in one day and Tyson loved me man he <laughs> he asked me if I was a professional boxer I was like dude I've been training for for eight months oh, he was wow. like, are you serious and I was like yeah and then he was like he went over to his coach it was after his workout I got to watch his workout for an hour first and then uh he told he told Sugar Hill to watch me and he was he came back over there Richie I want you to go in the ring with Sugar Hill and it was just me Sugar Hill and J-Rock I got like a two hour private and learned so much, man, and, and really connected with those guys. That's why I'm going to try and reconnect and, and uh, learn some boxing underneath them because I do want to do boxing fights. I also want to okay. be a boxer. I love combat sports as a whole. I love wrestling. I love jujitsu. Uh, kind of, I love jujitsu, not so much. But I do <laughs> like it a lot. <laughs> I like fighting and, and uh, I like boxing and I kind of see myself taking that route where, where I'm, fighting and doing UFC stuff, but also seeing other opportunities, boxing on a Showtime, Triller, uh, something like that. Okay, cool. That's man. a goal for me personally. Yeah, yeah. no, no doubt. Never, uh, never close a door, man. We love it. So exactly. I'll be tuning in to whatever the heck you're competing in. So thank you for your time today, man. Hopefully we can do it again soon. I'll be tuning in, watching you in Titan FC. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, shortly before or after the next one, we can do it again. Hell yeah, brother. I appreciate your time.